0: Yeah, g'day, mate, you're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now I am joined by a legend of the electronic music scene, What So Not. How are you doing today?
1: Ooh, that was quite the intro. I love that.
0: Thank you, thank <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm doing alright. It's uh it's very early for me over over in Europe for the first time in about three years. Um on a on a manic touring and writing uh schedule so sort of up till 4 a.m every night um with somebody and then moving to another city every couple of days and so with bunshin right now got uh, drollo tomorrow and then the noisier boys for a few days and then uh go to a different country and a few more there and then tomorrow land and uh and a show in london so it's uh it's Floor, foot to the floor right now
0: heck yes that is an absolute <laughs> heaving lineup not a gentle europe yeah. trip at all by the sounds of things yeah how much longer are you in europe for
1: um it's been so good to get back here i, I, I think i've only got about two and a half weeks on this trip but it's it's going quick because it's been so jam-packed and it's been so awesome
0: Oh, amazing! I I can't imagine how you're feeling to be back overseas, especially just as a whole, given the past, what like two three years.
1: Yeah, I think it was a, it was a big part of my my identity and my creative process was um, being able to dive into all these different micro communities around the world and be invited into them and shown amazing music and shown uh, shown artists that you would never really come across by the locals and. And um, taken to eat amazing food and
0: mm-hmm. and
1: see exhibitions and all kinds of things that would just go under the radar of anyone just casually traveling to, through town, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. What a treat. So as much as we love hearing about your ventures around Europe, I'm a little bit jealous, but that's okay, we are here to chat about your newest release called Mr Regular with Oliver Tree and Killer Mike, which is an absolute yes. banger by the way what was your favorite you part so much. about making this song
1: i actually made it many many years ago with oliver and then uh later in the piece um i met up with killer mike and i showed it to him and uh and he he was like super super into it and down to jump onto it and um absolutely love the verse that he did it's it's really cool, we did that in the Stankonia Studios, the Outcast Studios in Atlanta at like 2am one morning Um, I think just before I flew back to Australia for my first time leaving the country after COVID actually
0: Wow, what a timeline for that song hey, I was just about to say Mm. uh, your fans, myself included have been absolutely begging for this song for years now (laughs) So, of course, you couldn't go about promoting the song in a regular way um, for those of us out there that don't know. would you like to give us some insight into the beef with Oliver Tree leading up to this release?
1: Oh my god man he's he is such a character and he's he's very particular about things, you know so uh, I think we had we had a little bit of friction there for a while, but then we got it all worked out but. Um, <laughs> Man, he's he's a funny guy.
0: Oh, creatives, (laughs) am I right?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Mr. Regular is not the only exciting thing on the cards at the moment. You recently announced your album due in September.
1: Yes. Yeah, this this is um, without a doubt the best body of work I've ever put together in my life. Um, i'm I'm very excited about it. I because of Covid, I actually had the time to really sit with it, rethink it. Um, and i had I had so much time to get it together creatively and musically. And then I the first time, I had about seven months to sit in a studio and refine it and tweak it and sort of study different aspects that I wasn't quite happy with and then work out how to do them better sonically. Um, I was really lucky. I lived in in Perth for seven months of COVID, and um, Shock One let me use his studio every night when he went home. So I was in there for every night for seven months, just <laughs> grinding, grinding, and, and and working out so many different aspects that I I hadn't had the pleasure to in such an amazing and well treated room. It's usually it's for making drum and bass.
0: Mm-hmm. That is so exciting, and like hearing the process behind that just makes it even more exciting leading up to the album and its release Uh, you've also said that the upcoming album will be quote-unquote breaking genres what vibes can we expect from this upcoming release
1: i don't think there's a single song that's the same tempo
0: (laughs) oh spicy
1: yeah i mean i think for the most part i've done that before in a similar way but I think this one stretches a little further into some new territory and um, I definitely tackled some sounds I haven't before uh, and you may have some of you may have seen online a few things floating around um, with some some uh, younger collaborators that I've been very excited about I think I can talk about it a little bit kind of, I because the track list is already announced online isn't it Um there's this one track that comes to mind in particular in a creative sense. I don't know if it'll become a single or whatever, but like creatively, it was so exciting to do it was the one, um, Halifax with, um, with Ramzoid and Fila and Tech Genesis. It's, it's such an insane hybrid of so many different things. And I was very excited by the hyper pop sound. Um, and was sort of a, it's almost like a drumstep hyper pop whats so not tune, I guess you would say. That okay. was how it was sort of defined by Bunshin when I was hanging with him playing it uh, just the other day. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. uh, words, words from the God himself.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so would you say that that is your favourite track on the upcoming album? Do we have any cheeky spoilers? Um,
1: there's, oh, no, you can't do the favourites thing. Even, particularly, <laughs> like, it's not even out yet. Like, I can't. <laughs>
0: All right, I don't even enough, know what to do.
1: Like, like sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I put out a song and people like you see like people like I hate this and then others like I <laughs> love this. This is my favorite <laughs> ever, and I love when you get that division. I'm hoping for that on some of them because. I, I like a prime example is um, a song "Divide and Conquer" I did many years ago. I remember when I put that out, there was so much division about whether it was good, like really good or really shit.
0: Oh. Oh, sorry, I swore. Swore,
1: sorry, I didn't swore. mean to swear. Um, <laughs> and I was really good or really bad. And um, and then years later, it's one of those songs that people always point back to, and they're like, "Oh, that was one of the classics." You know, like it's mm-hmm. it's so strange how it plays out, like if something's embraced or not and um, I guess the only thing you can do as an artist is just put out music that you absolutely love and you believe in
0: Those are very, very wise words. Speaking of playing live, you have played some of the biggest stages in the world. One of my favourite sets of all time of yours is the Jakarta Warehouse Project set in 2020, just because it felt so fun and so, so free. So, big or small, what is your favourite crowd you have ever played to and why? Or most memorable?
1: Um... Let me think. There's, there's been some pretty incredible ones. I mean, I've done some awesome festivals through here through Europe. Um, I guess the ones that really come to mind is like Field Day in Australia. It's like, my, it's my hometown in Sydney where I grew up. And it's such a special festival. Like a lot of us used to go to bed on New Year's Eve before New Year's Eve just to get up early to go to this festival <laughs> And um, I had like a, you know, when I was on the lineup, like not too late in the day, like 5 p.m. or something. And um, it was sort of like, just as things were really starting to move. And I think they said I had one of the biggest crowds on the main stage, like full stop, like ever. But it was like 5 p.m. in the afternoon. (laughs) And there's, there's this one... One photo, a, a guy, Pat Stevenson, who's a photographer who who shot random little bits of my life for the last you know, <laughs> decade and a bit. Um, he showed me this photo and he's like, dude, I've never seen it like that. And it's just absolutely insane to see. I think that's one of the things that comes to mind. And definitely, I did Coachella a couple of times and there were like, there was, the first time I played was very special, but then also the last time I played was so special. Um, of, so I, I ended up headlining one of the the Gobi tent um, against Kendrick. And it was such like a big moment to be up against such a Titan and then still have, you know, a completely (laughs) packed out, spilling out the sides tent. Um, There's there's so many shows like that everywhere. I'm probably forgetting something really important. Um, (laughs) Splendour is always amazing. I I did like an arena show there in New Zealand once. I remember I played like after MK and before Skrillex as well one time in uh in Auckland and I actually came down to Dunedin um and I remember that the, I think the rugby world cup was on like the night before or something and they they'd used this giant projection screen in the hall down there and then because that was on the night before they let us keep all the production and then I I had like a sold out show down in Dunedin's Wow. And we used the the Rugby World Cup's giant projection wall <laughs> <laughs> and played all my visuals all over. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> Good times. I, I feel like that's such yeah. a special experience as an artist, you know? You just have those shows that just stick with you and the ones that, you know, thought were going to be an absolute state, but were actually absolute rippers. Yeah. So you are playing in Aotearoa later this year, if I'm not mistaken.
1: It's not even that far away now. I just had a look. It's like in a month and a half. It's so exciting. Um, Yeah, because I I was just mentioning to you that I was so upset in, um, what was that, 2021? Is that last year? When there was still a little bit of COVID stuff going on, um, I actually went down to Tasmania to kind of bunker down for a few weeks so that I could still get into New Zealand and do my tour. And I've been waiting there for a couple of weeks, just living on my friend's couch. And then like the day before I was meant to fly over to like make sure I could do this New Zealand tour. (laughs) They just banned all Australians from coming. (laughs) Out. From everywhere. And I was like, I've literally been hiding in a COVID free state for, (laughs) for weeks, just waiting to get over there. Oh, uh, it was such a shame. And I love all the crew over there. Like um, Dan he manages Montel and Quicks, and there's there's so many cool cats over there in New Zealand that I'm really excited to see again and hang out with.
0: For sure. And we are absolutely psyched to have you back on our soil very, very soon. Yeah. So for all of you listening right now, spin whatso Not's new track, Mr Regular, with Oliver Tree and Killer Mike prep for his release of his sophomore album Anomaly in September and buy your tickets for his shows in August. Thank you so much for joining me on air tonight.
1: No worries. Thank you so much, Candice. Awesome to be speaking with someone in New Zealand and actually coming to New Zealand shores again very soon. I'm really amped and I absolutely love it over there. I've spent a lot of time there and uh, I hope I can get a bit of leisure time in there and maybe some surf and from whatever madness we get up to as well
0: absolutely we are looking forward to it if you haven't heard the brand new track mr regular just yet don't worry i have it for you right here and it goes a little something like this they
1: used to tell me I was regular Saves. That was a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz/podcast.